Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. As a gentle warning, the following episode does contain scurrilous rumors about the nature of Santa Claus. For this and many other reasons, legal guardians with small children in the room may wish to keep a diligent thumb on the volume button. Welcome back to the Transplaining podcast with me, Jordan Gray, in which I endeavour to provide explanations for one big and one small question from a special celebrity guest. Today's grand inquisitor, the, the person asking the big questions, writer, comedian, serial blogger and podcaster, to name uh, but a few of his many, many talents, Richard Herring is going to be in here. He's a nice man. Just met him. I shared a meal with the man and I expect this is going to be a really nice conversation. Joining me to my actual left, uh, my special co-host for the day, Mr. Richard Wilson. Rich Wilson, are you all right? Hello, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, what I'm really proud of is this little turn of phrase what I thought of. What I've got today is an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> got two riches. Not that you're embarrassing. I, I'm very, I'm no, admire you very it. much. I totally get it. I totally get it. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And you are smashing. I'll tell you... The, I'm telling you, I'm having a great time. The I latest thing I smashed... Go on. ...was an Indian meal next door, which you're going to be well <laughs> jealous of. Me and Richard Herring went for some Indian <laughs> for breakfast. What? But we did bring you back this mango bite, which is the equivalent <laughs> of the mint that you get at the end and the till. They're tasty. Yeah, thank you very much. That's lovely. I do apologise for my lateness, but the transport let me down. Like, we shouldn't have to ring the transport people every five minutes going, are you sure the train's going? I know they say you've got to plan ahead, but it shouldn't be as you're on the way to the station. Can I still go? Can, am I all right? <laughs> Do you want me to drive it? Call the transport police if you notice anything unusual. <laughs> yeah, the train's not going. We're doing... I was on the train the other day and the announcement, it came up and it basically was, it was telling us the order of the stations in the wrong direction. So we're going one direction. <laughs> but it's and then the train announcer came on. He goes, um, just a little announcement, just to let you know, the train is lying to you. <laughs> Who's in charge of this journey? The train is lying to you. This is what's happening. The toilets are telling us jokes. We've got the we've got the we've got the train lying to us about where we're going. Um, Technology. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thanks My pleasure. For Thanks in. for having me. What we're going to do is bring in the fantastic Richard Herring, yes. and then you and I between us, we've got to provide explanations for his big and small question, and then a few listeners' questions. Right. Despite having sort of no expertise in those areas, that's mm. the whole premise of the podcast. I don't know about you. I'm quite proud of the explanations I'm able to pull out of my Aris <laughs> at a moment's notice. Are it's, you that sort of person? Yes, I can sort of think on my feet. I think that comes from MCing a lot. Yeah, you're good at that. Stuff, so thanks. Uh, yeah, just that. that when you're flying by the seat of your pants. Exciting. Yeah. Sexy. I say that now. You watch. At the end of this, you'll be like, you never said a word. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking on that mango bite the whole time. Just didn't say a word. Uh, joining us now in the Transplaining Studio, Richard Erin's coming. Here he comes. There he is. There he is. 
Richard Herring, welcome to Transplaining. Uh, Richard, I won't do that thing where I just spiel at you, about you. But okay. first, let's say hello first. Hello, lovely to be here. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Thanks for coming. You're a nice person in our <laughs> very you. brief interaction. We had, we've had a lovely little sit down. We've both it's got full fun. bellies. Lovely. I'm glad that the time wasn't wasted. And I'm glad you had a breakfast curry. <laughs> it's not, I don't have much of a social life anymore. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm buzzing off just meeting some other people and having a meal. <laughs> you two know each other sort of a little bit more yeah, than I yeah. do. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Bit, don't we, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. We go back a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you spin a band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. We would go west. Exciting. What I say, Richard, you being yeah. here, is that you're you're probably the perfect person to join us on on uh, the Transplaining podcast. You are yourself uh, a very popular podcaster, a very successful Leicester Square Theatre podcast. R H L S T P with Richard Herring <laughs> uh, to give it its official title. Although the four hundred episodes, look at me spieling at you. Yeah. This is annoying, isn't it? When you you know all of this, <laughs> but they don't. But they this. don't at home. They don't. Rich might not know. See? He's embarrassed to not admit that he knows. But I'm telling <laughs> uh, so you're sort of something of a master of the form. Also, you've got like a book in that. You are the author of Emergency Richard Herring's Emergency Questions, yeah. which are also part and parcel of uh, your podcast and has an accompanying Twitter feed at Emergency Q Bot, which turns out questions on a daily basis uh, that we'll probably dip into today as well. Okay, right? yeah, there, there are probably. some there are some questions there. There are some big questions and some stupid questions mm. amongst those. Yeah, so it works well for this. It's yeah, it's Inqui- inquisitive sort of people. Um, I reckon we'll kick off with your big question, <laughs> Richard Herring. What's something that's been on your mind in a big sort of existential way? Well, I've been because th- I've got young kids. Uh, and I remember being a young kid and this thing coming up and it, my son is, is so sort of trusting and, you know, has magical thinking mm-hmm. and doesn't know how horrible the world is. <laughs> and it so makes, it's and beautiful. It, it's it is. Beautiful but thing. it's a lovely little time to be. And my daughter's seven and she's starting to lose it a little bit and being a bit more cynical and sarcastic, which I also enjoy. But I just wonder if the loss, I mean, it clearly isn't, but it is the loss of innocence, the greatest human tragedy. Because Ooh, it's, that old chestnut. Mm. it seems... You know, it seems like a lot of childish things go on into a lot of people's old ages, but we lose. And it's not about gullibility. It's about it's about not knowing how awful the world is. And it's about just embracing everything in the world in kind of quite a magical. Magic and, always a good and, word. It's the magic. It's when yeah. the magic goes, when you realize that magic isn't a thing. Yeah. Like people making things disappear. And I remember watching, you know, when you're a child and you're watching and you're like, oh, how did he make the plane appear from behind him? And now you're like, oh, yeah, it's just that. It's a real shame. That's what it is. It's the magic, isn't is that, it? And I think just knowing that there's the horrible things that they're going to have to... Uh, I remember, in fact, my, when I was about eight, I remember my grandma saying to my mum, it's awful, isn't it, that they, that they don't know. You know, it's awful mm. that they'll have to find out how awful the world is. And I remember hearing that and going... A little button clicking in my mind, going, "Oh, something's coming that I don't know. I don't know." What it is. <laughs> and and you don't know with children, or you don't know whether to tell them, yeah, or like try and protect them for as long as possible. Because either way, you're going to do some kind of damage, but you're going to restrict them in some way, shape, or form. So it's really difficult. Yeah, to I know remember. What to do. I remember learning uh, that Santa Claus. God and Superman at the same moment weren't real. <laughs> no. That's a what? lot. And it wasn't told to me in that fashion. It wasn't, let me sit down. Sit down, John. I learned that Santa you. wasn't real and then made the connection in my mind. Well, then, of course, there's no evidence for these other two either, at least in my childhood experience. That's horrible. All facets of my imagination shut down in one fell swing. smashed with this hammer. Just this morning, my, my <laughs> daughter on the way to school said to me, and she's seven, so she's going to be eight in February. This might be her last Santa believe in Christmas. Oh, but she God. said to me, some people don't believe in Santa Claus. And I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah, but I know it's true because 
we've got that Santa tracker on the phone. You can see where he goes in the oh, world. Yeah. So she had a, she had evidence that he existed. Mm-hmm. Right. But then she was going, but how does how, you know how many children are there in the how many people oh, in the no. world? And I said there's seven billion. She said how many children? I said you know probably a billion. And I said, yeah, they all get like, what do we get, uh, 10 presidency? <laughs> said, we get more than that. So, yeah. And she said, well, how do they all fit on the, how do they all fit on the sleigh? Magic. <laughs> this magic. is it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. so, do we suspect that the loss of innocence is uh, a series of specific moments? Is it a single, is there some, maybe one defining moment in a kid's life where, where you could say, okay, well, that's the, the sort of moment that changes things? Is it gradual? Is it a bit of both? Does it happen to everyone? Does everyone end up not innocent? <laughs> I think it's when they start to socialise, like they start going to school and then they meet yeah. other children. Little wrong Yeah, and there's always going to be someone who's got someone shit around them that's told them early, like an older brother or something like that, a spiteful yeah. older brother, and he's told them early. And they grow on to be the people that tell you about what happens in the sixth sense <laughs> as, old, as, as adults. Yeah, it's those people. Films, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The people on Twitter, they go, just want to say, right? And then they just <laughs> tell you the whole thing. Yeah. It's yeah. those people. So when your children start to go out into the world, I think that's when it becomes... You can't protect them from that. No. And, that and I suppose, they, you know, that you don't want to in a sense. Mm. But like, you know, my son, who's uh, five and is in reception, he before he went to school, he was, you know, and up until like this week, in fact, he was going, you know, he loved rainbows because my daughter loves rainbows. And there was something else that he was... There's something else he's into, and now he's not uh, into those things because some some boy at school has said boys this can't be it. into rainbows. Oh. <laughs> it's it's phenomenon, yeah. I yeah. saw one stage, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a boy technically. Oh no, I've really completely Here regressed. We go. <laughs> well, we into go. rainbows again. Um, Richard, do you remember? This maybe there's no answer to this. You being a child, there was definitely yeah. you were a child. Like, I that's was. Definitive. I, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. Do you remember moments, perhaps, that you felt a loss of innocence that you're now trying to protect your own children from, or anything in that space? We think, well, I don't want them to. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think you when you sort of, I guess, when the news starts encroaching, isn't it? I can't remember any like. I mean, I think like I remember, you remember like hearing about. I lived in Leicestershire when I was between four and eight. I can't remember the name of the. There was a sort of notorious. Black Panther or something it was called, oh, something like yeah. that. He, he, and there was a there was a woman called Leslie Whittle, I think, that he kind of kidnapped and she died. And I think she's he sort of killed her by accident, I think, but she died in a drain. It was so horrible. But I think that that I remember that news story permeating through, and you're going, oh, that's I mean, that's scary. There's this mm. guy out there, and is and he's somewhere around here. I suppose also, you know, the Yorkshire Ripper would be an, another example of that. That there was impossible yeah. to sort of escape that story. But it was sort of ter- rightly so terrifying for everyone. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's those because because you, you try, you know, you're in that weird position where you're trying to tell your kids. My daughter's saying, I want to go. Um, she wants to be in my podcast, you know, and be on my on the screen. Right. It's going, I don't really we don't want to, people to see your face. Don't on cross the, the streams. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and she's going, why? Why not? Because there's some bad people on the, the oh, Internet. No. And how do you, you know, how do you explain that? Without yeah. being like scarier than it necessarily <laughs> is, because you go, there's some bad people on the internet. Yeah. That you could imagine that being even more. I mean, you know, even more terrible than, than this is it. And I think because is. of because of the internet and things like that, like the outside world is actually it's nearer than it used to be. Yeah, you know, it used to be like it's, it, it was an like you say, it was an innocence. There was still we were still running around playing football and doing whatever we were doing, and then it wasn't until later on you kind of got into the real world stuff. But now it's kind of it's right there, isn't yeah. it? It's like it's like you could be a vampire, like in your house, shutting all the wind, all the sunshine <laughs> out, but there's so, like the pe- the papers peeling down and bits of bits of sunlight are coming in, and you, I don't know, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Especially you, you're because mine are older now, yeah. 
So I'm my lads look at me. They they've gone the other way and now. Look after me. They're like, oh, dad just needs trying to keep you from stuff. Trying to keep me from stuff. Hold on to your innocence. Don't go on TikTok. Dad is awful on there. But you're still going through that young yeah. bit, so that's. And you, but you need, you know, you need them to understand the world. I you know. I think if anything, I was quite because I grew up in the countryside in the end. I grew up in Somerset for most of my childhood, and it was a very idyllic and very innocent childhood. And I think when I got to leave home, I was still a kid, and I was I was completely, mm. un, you know, unaware of lots of stuff that you needed to know. I didn't know anything about sex or girls really or anything. Do you remember yeah. that time when you when you sort of came of age and went <laughs> shit? Oh, I was going to ask. That? Yeah, there's yeah. a moment where it sort of lights up, and whatever yeah. you're doing at that moment informs your sex life for the rest of your life. <laughs> whatever you're looking at when you get that little oh thing. yeah. It's a house plant. It was a little bit of a nine form of that house plant. Yeah, watching, what was yours, watching Dempsey and Makepeace or something like that. I think it was Felicity Kendall in The Good Life. Right, that yeah. was a lot of people our age. Yeah, well, I, uh, Janet Ellis, who I'm now yes. I'm friends with and, and, and know quite well, uh, she was in a show called, she was in Blue Peter, which was in a show mm. called Jigsaw before then. And I was a young then. I mean, I was sort of interested in sex from a very, and knew that there was something going on there from a very young age. Yeah. But she did. Um, she was Nell Gwyn in one episode of Jigsaw and had quite a low cut top on. And she was a very beautiful woman, very and, beautiful, yes. proper English rose. Yeah. But that was the moment that I went, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not. And it's not even that you want to. You just get this feeling, don't you? Yeah. You just kind of go, oh, that felt nice when I saw that person. Yeah. But I don't know what. I just want to see that person again. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's it, really. Absolutely. And that formative, because if you're then steered in the wrong direction, if you're shied away, it's like when a kid sees yes. a spider for the first time. Don't scream, because then you're <laughs> going to give them a fear of spiders for their life. If a kid says, I've got a funny feeling in my tummy, don't shy it away, because then it's just shame. You're just building shame around that yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah. I remember the moment I lost my innocence was I, I took my brother's Nickelodeon torch and I put it in the bath. Spoiler, it broke, obviously. I just want to see what's going to happen. <laughs> Nothing happened. And then I felt guilty for the very first time in my right. whole life. And that's almost never gone away. The whole world of bad emotions opened up to my little childhood brain. Yeah. Because before that, it's all just playing, just filling your time with playing. Now suddenly I'm responsible for someone else's happiness. Yeah. That was I horrible. That. I broke my brother's Spock doll. Right. Yeah. Well, I really wanted it and I didn't have one. And I went upstairs and was playing with it and I accidentally pulled the leg off, left it and then hid under the bed. Yeah. You ever have a moment like that, Rich? <sighs> And, well, my, my brother and sister were kind of older than me, so I think like that I probably didn't do anything like that. There must be something, mm. uh, maybe you know. But the thing is, once you start, once you start going, <laughs> but like it's really, I find this like there's things that I've got to address from my adult life and from my teenage life, and from you, you know, and you go back and you start trying to dig into them, and mm. and you, and suddenly some repressed. Yeah. thing comes up but uh, no, I was a great I didn't do anything wrong I never felt guilty <laughs> I haven't yet felt guilty about anything <laughs> by way of, of a sort of uh, to, to, to sort of creep towards an explanation because that's the point of the show we want you to leave feeling like your okay. question's been answered is the loss of innocence the greatest human tragedy now by my estimation <laughs> the Oxford English Dictionary defines tragedy as when the feeling's gone and you can't go on. Back me up, Richard, when the morning cries and you don't know why. That's the greatest human tragedy. Also, it was Charlie Chaplin. I think this might have come up before. Charlie Chaplin said the greatest human tragedy is to be absolutely content, to find absolute contentment, because then there's nothing else to do. So it's like the loss of innocence. Mm. It's like life is only important because it ends. So yeah. in, innocence, losing innocence, is, of course it's tragic, but it's sort of a beautiful thing that it was ever there in the first place. And if it never went away, it wouldn't mean anything. We wouldn't give it so much reverence. So 
Yes, Richard, it's pretty sad. But have you also have you ever had a toothache? Because that's horrible. That's really yeah. horrible. I mean, there's definitely bigger tragedies, and and it's something that ha- I mean, it, a bigger tragedy I think would be to never lose your innocence. Mm. That's oh, a God. good point. You know, so I think yeah. you know, and I think I mean it's sort of interesting because there's grown up. That's all I. That's why I think it's interesting about this is the way I've been quite a childish man all my life. But then and and I think there's lots of childish things that are positive. That but childishness is used as a mm. negative. But like gullibility is a sort of childish thing that a lot of adults have i mean what's going on at the moment in the world with people like accepting conspiracy theories or decide you know it's it's absolutely they think they're clever Mm. because they think they're seeing between the cracks (laughs) but they're being more gullible than someone who would you know would would, would question it's better it's better to question nothing than it is to question everything (laughs) exactly that's a lovely way the amount of times i've been shown videos by these people and i'm just sitting going what are you seeing that what do you want me to see in this and you just have to let them get on with it and go and that's the other thing as well isn't it you have to kind of get to a point and go i just have to let you do your thing i'll do my thing as long as my thing doesn't get in the way of your thing and we don't upset each other that's so he's always says it in such a lovely way it's so warm and lovely i got i read a conspiracy about myself this week because i in my little friday night live performance i do this quote from the lead singer of the doors Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison, yeah. Uh, I am the Lizard King. I can do anything. And then I saw a conspiracy of like Jordan references Jim Morrison, who famously got on stage and did or didn't expose themselves to the nation. Coincidence? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just, I just learned this from you. <laughs> like, it's interesting how people will grab any single thread. They will. Well, we were talking about this the other day, my, my missus Kate and I, and we were saying. We saw the uproar about you getting your getting your bits out. Talking about me, not Richard Herring. <laughs> about, uh, yeah, sorry, Richard. That was ages ago. <laughs> I have had I, I have had my cock out on yeah, stage yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. That didn't create so much of a furore. <laughs> Pre-Twitter, well done. You timed it perfectly. <laughs> Is it going to be in your new show now? You've only got one. <laughs> I, could, nad. I could do. That's my could be my big reveal. Oh, I love it. Here's my one ball. <laughs> <laughs> Hitler and uh, Richard Herring. Uh, Richard Herring at the Albert Hall. <laughs> But I saw, uh, we were talking, and the uproar about you having your having your, your willy out, and then we were no, like, you know, why does nobody bring up the tits? Well, the thing is, <laughs> both out. That was the thing, right? That was the whole thing, and then we were like, married at first sight is on TV, not married at first sight, um, naked attraction. naked attraction. Married at first, sight. they're all the same. They all blur into one for me. Yeah. But that naked attraction is on, and yeah. just and no one bats an eyelid. No. But I suppose they go, yeah, but that's something else, and that's then they go, no, 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 look at what you've just said. What you've just said underlines what you're really angry about. Yeah, it's a novel combination. It's like those kids' books where you have to match the top of a policeman with the top of a (laughs) fireman. They never got these people. They never managed to match them up. When you play that game, when someone does the head. Yeah, yeah. that's it. So by way of an explanation, Richard, are you happy perhaps with the idea that there's worse things out there than losing your innocence? I am. I guess I am happy with that. I think I knew that. But I would like people to... I think there are things in childhood that we should keep and hold on to and Mm. not be throwing away. And maybe innocence, isn't it? But but that child, the childish spirit, and finding humour and joy and magic in things, thing yes. I think is is what gets sort of beaten out of us uh, as teenagers and by other teenagers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we, yeah. We, We've got to refine it again. <laughs> I think you're like you said, you've still got that boyish, yeah, boyish charm about you, and that's. <laughs> I think maybe that's to do with what we do for a living, or yeah, that means we're able to do that. But I think people are sort of going back a bit. I didn't realise I was having a bit of a breakdown a few years ago. I ended up buying all the toys that I didn't have when I was a kid, like all the <laughs> figures and stuff. Now I'm all right. I've got boxes <laughs> of shite. I'm like, ah. Just but, sell you know, them to another idiot. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I go around people's houses. They just got walls full of toys <laughs> yeah, yeah. and figures and swords and all this and the other. So I think 
maybe because the world is the way it is, everyone's kind of regressing a bit. Well, you think if you got the thing that you'll go back to the place where you, you know, you were happy playing with those things. It was in, oh, that yeah. was the innocence, and you're trying to recapture it by having the thing, and you think you'll feel the same if you have the thing, and you do to an extent, but also it doesn't. It no, doesn't, it, it doesn't send you back in time, unfortunately. <laughs> We'll we'll move on to um, some some audience questions, but before we do, isn't it? It's a Freudian thing, isn't it? Um, there's ten sort of coping mechanisms that Freud identifies, and sympathising with your aggressor and isolation. But regression is one of the big things that we all do. Of course, we all regress, and that is sort of a way to beat the system and regress to an innocence that we had before. Mm. Yeah, buy a toy, and I saw a rad. It was a robot I wanted the other oh, day. It's yeah. called Rad. And I circled it in the Argos catalogue, and I never got it. And I saw it the other day, and it was up to my knee. I thought it was a little thing at the time. Um, but yeah, so re- regression is perhaps a way. To, to answer Richard's question yeah. as well, like mm-hmm. perhaps, yes, it is sad, but you can get back there by getting in a bath with a blanket, <laughs> just wrapping up like a little <laughs> potato and just think of the good times. Shall we move on to yes. our quick fire audience questions? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Very, very quickly, we're going to answer some audience questions. Thank you so much for sending these in. We'll also dip into Richard Herring's emergency Q-Bot. Uh, in fact, why don't we just start with that one? It's a great one. Quick fire. Question one. Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> That's a great question. Can you succinctly answer where it all went wrong? Not just for you, Wilson, but for all of us. What do you reckon? Where, where did, did it all, it all go, go wrong? wrong? Uh... <laughs> I remember, it, yeah, when I, when I dyed my hair, I used to be ginger, and then I joined a death metal band, and they made me dye my hair, and I realised something had gone terribly wrong. I'd given up my soul to dye my hair black, and that's when it all went wrong for me. I think my goth stage. Same, same goth stage. Being as I am... Yeah. No, I don't realise what I say, what I look like or what I come across as. So me in makeup or like doing all this gothic, I'm still a, I'm like a, I'm still a van driver from Kent, but I've got <laughs> mascara on. I don't realise I don't really because I'm looking at people like David Sylvian from Japan and people like that. You're kind of going, oh, they look really cool. I'd like <laughs> to look like that, and you don't. You look like a van driver from Kent. Yeah, we gone. I think what might be interesting in this question is like, where did it go wrong for the world mm. in the last ten? Because I, I, I'd like to pinpoint. I think there's several sort of, uh, uh, as I hate sliding doors, but there's several sliding doors mm. moments. I think if uh, the other Miliband brother had won that election, that was fifty <laughs> yes. forty nine. Yeah, I think everything that's happened subsequently, but nearly everything is a slight. Everything's sort of gone left instead of going right. Yeah, or maybe right instead of going left in the last uh, ten years. But you know, I, I don't know. I don't think Brexit is the is the point. I think something no. happened before that 
that we if you could yeah, just change yeah, it if just one person had changed a vote almost with yeah. that Miliband thing. And I don't, I'm not sure that's it because I'm not sure it would have made that much difference. Well, you're quite happy with yeah. the sum of human endeavour up to that point. Yeah. You're quite happy. <laughs> I was thinking World that, War II was pretty bad. Yeah, well, think, sucking <laughs> fossil fuels out of the ground for me, honestly, that's turning the world yeah. upside down. That for yeah. me feels like a big one. Yeah, the, in, uh, the industrial revolution. Yeah, was the, the one. agricultural the event, revolution. The, event, the invention of clocks and... <laughs> Yeah. Time, but a lot of those things. Time, well, that is pretty bad. Well, and work, and you yeah. Know, but you know, but a lot of those things have a positive outcome as well. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's, it probably went wrong from the the first as soon as the we first arrived. cell going. I'm <laughs> going to split in two. Abiogenesis. See how that works out. I'm going to get a job. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> but I think that question actually ties into your their loss of innocence before, because yeah. I think I don't want to bring the place down, but 9/11 was the turning point where we just went. You don't ever see that in films, like the White House getting blown up and things like that. That was the first time ever it was like, someone just went, no, no, no I'm going to take that out. Yeah. And I think that's when things really got dark. For us, but then yeah. for the people who did 9-11, there was something that, that well, yeah, caused it's positive on everything. It's <laughs> positive spin. But, you know, but they were, they were, you know, they did mm. that as a, re as, as a response, let's yes. say. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. To yeah. something else. So, yeah, every, yeah, everything is a response to something. And yeah, we have to stop responding. If a, lot of <laughs> if a lot of tiny, tiny explosions went off around the world to the same sort of physical devastation as 9-11, we wouldn't be talking about it. Even So it is that concentrated thing. Like you say, it's mm. like from a film. I mean, because it was such a landmark building. And yeah, you're right. It was a reaction. It wasn't just like out of the blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that. It was like, all right, you did that, did you? All right, we're going to do this. We shouldn't have started responding. <laughs> yeah. To things. Let's not respond to anything. Don't, the rest of this don't podcast. ask your phone calls. Don't talk to each other. <laughs> well, that's not, the end of the question. No question. <laughs> <laughs> sort of undermines the premise. But yeah, sure. Uh, Chris Jack, who did let the dogs out? Well done, Chris. What you've done is you've taken a rhetorical question and you've made it a real thing. Let's give him a satisfying answer. Who let the dogs out? I'm going to go first. Pavlov's assistant. <laughs> he, felt guilty. he felt guilty after all those years and he just had to let them go. Yes. I... Yeah. <laughs> is that song, my kids love that song, but is it actually about, isn't the, isn't the actual point of it, so is it about who let the unattractive women out into the evening? Is that the I actual... think that might be what it is. is or that, it's... Is that what it's saying? So it's I... quite an unpleasant <laughs> it's song. Not, it's not a nice song. song. Or no, someone but it's took very it... catchy. Who took their shoes off? <laughs> <laughs> That's completely recontextualise it. Yeah. Chris Jack, thanks for nothing. <laughs> uh, Kate Wellham, why do baby owls sleep like that? Brackets, i.e. on their tummy with their face down. I close brackets. So well, I don't have evidence for this. I mean, Kate's put that out there. Why do baby owls sleep on their tummies? That sounds like something Richard Herring would know. I didn't know. I mean, no. I, this is news to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, thought owls slept, me. I thought owls slept standing up, but obviously they, thought... may, they mainly do. It's yeah, the baby do. It takes them a little time to learn to do it without falling <laughs> off the branch, I suppose. <laughs> little ba ba baby owls specifically. Perhaps it's not babies. Perhaps it's our lovely producer, Ben Backhouse, is just showing us a picture if you want to look through that window. Uh... That owl has got legs. <laughs> Since when are they wearing Uggs? That's a full-on leg. I suspect what it is. Kate Wellham is not that they're babies. What they are is little teenage owls, and they're sh they're hiding their shameful little sulking, owl erections and hiding their tummies. They're sulking. That's a nicer answer. They're sulking, hiding hiding their erections because they've been told off. Have you ever slept face down? It's odd. <laughs> <laughs> I must have done it some. Point. Mm, I mean, I've not done it on purpose, but no. I've woken up. I think I've no, not woken up. That's not. I've come to. Yeah, that's a lovely turn of, <laughs> turn of phrase. Yeah, I come to. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a nice nice little sleep on your tummy. A nice little sleep. Well, I didn't. I, I kind of, I was drunk and woke up on the floor and was face down. I didn't know where I was and just felt awful. I'd so, love to mm. find you sleeping on your tummy. I'd come out and rub your little back and I'd move your head so you weren't pillow down. That'd be well nice. And my little belly as well, I'd yeah, be rocking. Oh, 
adorable. Maybe that's it. We couldn't. <laughs> well, Richard and I couldn't sleep on our front. See, I've got no more protrusions than the both of you put together. I can't sleep. I'm you'd, like like a, a, you'd be more like a coffee table. <laughs> yeah, what's, it, what's that? Stretch Armstrong. My boobs are made plastic. It just ends up like out the sides. Eleanor, how does self-driving cars work? I'm really keen for it to be more than just magic and hope. <laughs> I was in one the other day. It really? is very weird. You can only do it on the motorway. And they drive like a rally car driver. An electric car drives with perfect precision and they speed up so fast and slow down so fast because they don't have that tentativeness. Ooh. Very weird. Have you ever been in a self-driving I haven't, car? I haven't been. I wouldn't like that. I mean, I'm not very good when someone else is driving no. as a human being. You know, if they're going too far. When you get a taxi driver who goes a bit too fast. Mm. Yeah. I find that very concerning. It's like we get it. You can drive. You're a driver. Yeah, yeah. I had one, and he was he was driving at top speed through Clapham, playing a tape of Johnny Mathis. <laughs> it's just, I'm going to get murdered. This is awful. Yeah. Uh, this is just a question from me. Then driving music for the two of you. What's your go-to? Do you have driving music? You'd probably listen to a podcast, don't you? Richard? I would do. I don't. I do tend to listen to audiobooks if I'm on my own. I'm not that much into music, but the kids. If the kids are in the car, we listen to Mary Poppins and Encanto. And Love I'm, I'm actually quite into Encanto. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, let's take that's yeah. <laughs> Going back to regression, my wife loves that soundtrack. So whenever it's her turn for, to put music on in the car, it's always show tunes. It's always Encanto and what we what the <clears> thing about something about Bruno. Yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk, Richard. Richard. We don't talk we about Bruno. Um, I will never. I will always be amazed by the capacity <clears throat> for children to learn the lyrics to those songs. Mm. Sec- I mean, they listen to it over and over again, so let's not give them too much credit. But like, it's amazing what a kid can pick up. That's an incredible piece of music that don't talk about Bruno. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just bang, get it. I just kind of have. I try not to. I, I can't put audio books on in the car or podcasts because it sends me off to sleep. Oh, really? Yeah, I have to be doing something else. So that's when I have them on. But driving and driving music, I just yeah. have. I don't know. I can't have anything too fast because if I'm, I get hit up and. I drive like a, car, a driverless car. <laughs> Highway to the Danger Zone by Kenny Longins for me. But then, the I, don't, but then I can't drive. <laughs> like, to be fair, I don't actually drive. I suspect at this point it'd be prudent as part of the format of the show to move on to Richard Herring's small question. Oh, good. Yes, my small question. Now, this is a question that my son woke me up at six o'clock in the morning <laughs> a few months ago to ask with some urgency, I have to say. Oh, really? And the he woke me up and said, Dad, Daddy, do ghosts have bum holes? <laughs> <laughs> so sweet for so many reasons. I just love the thought of him running in, in the dark. Dad, dad. And you wake up thinking the house is on fire. Dad, dad. What is it, my child? What is it? Quickly putting your dressing gown on. Do ghosts have bum holes? What? <laughs> but it's an absolutely brilliant, it's brilliant question. It's a banger. Because That's there's a lot, you know, you, you think, well, yeah, but... Ghosts don't have internal organs. No. You only see the outside of a ghost. Yeah. And I, how many bare ghosts have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> and also for a, for a child, if they're perhaps it's different for your kids because I don't know what cartoons run at the moment, but the ghosts I remember <laughs> tapered off to a point. It's Casper the Friendly Ghost. They're yeah. just a pointy bottom. You know, oh, like, they yeah. don't have legs. Yeah. There's nowhere for it to go. So unless it comes out like piping sort of icing onto a cake. It's just a little triangular point, like Casper. Isn't yeah. it, aren't ghosts like the spirit of you? So it's not really you in full detail. It's just like the... The essence. The ah. essence. Well, or is it what you were wearing when you... Because they, they're clothed, aren't usually ghosts. That, when, yeah. you, when people talk about them. I don't think there's any... You know, some, you know, people die in the toilet. People die naked. Most people must die... A lot of people must die naked. 
So if there were ghosts, you would think a good proportion of them would have their pants down. Do you think the ghost of Elvis is just shuffling around with his <laughs> yeah. pants around his ankles? Yeah. <laughs> the idea that only if you died on the toilet would you have a bumhole as well. It's yeah. only things pertinent to your death. So like, it's like um, they've had to reload you, but save all the irrelevant data. We don't need all of it, but they died. <laughs> That's the last the thing you remember. Points. Yeah, the most important thing. Like... Um, you know, the idea that do you need your heart and lungs and everything when you die, they, those will go into a sarcophagi. So clearly they don't have the same, we don't think of ghosts as having the same circulatory system or no. limbic well, like, system, yeah. but a bum apparently is important to a child because that's their whole life, isn't it? <laughs> Food and yeah. where it comes out the other end. There's a lot in there. What did, what you, did you tell your child? What did you say to him? <laughs> At six o'clock in the morning. So I'm going on to the podcast later and I'll come back and answer for you. It was, uh, it, it's in my latest book. There's one of the things right at the end because I just it's one of my examples of what you'd have, if I died, what I'd have missed out on. Right. And just the, the joy that your kids give you. I, I think I said, I, <laughs> I think I was a bit too confused to answer it, but it's, I have thought about it a lot. I do ask people on my podcast occasionally now what they think about that. It, it brings up more philosophical questions mm. than it answers, whatever whatever answer you come up with. It's a great question. Yeah. And so it, I think I probably it, thought yes immediately, but then, you know, you'd, can't, ghosts can't take their clothes off, I don't think. I think they're just they're just yeah, a yeah, photocopy yeah. of themselves when they, either when they died or when they're, when, and, you know, also they don't exist. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult <laughs> don't thing. Don't listen to this. He's it's had to learn that Santa Claus, ghosts, none of it's real. What I've just realised is ghosts are sort of traditionally translucent, aren't they? Mm. So if they could... You'd see it. You'd see if they could defecate. You'd see it inside them. The Surely the f- the food isn't dead as well. At best, it'd be a vestigial <laughs> ectoplasmic <laughs> organ because there's nothing going through it. We know that. But if there was, we'd see it. So no, they, they've. It, I, I suspect it's knitted, knitted, <laughs> knitted together <laughs> with ectoplasmic Though thread. Some people do say they've had sex with ghosts, so there must be some. There must be some orifice <laughs> within the ghost oh, yeah. to get that in. You know, this is t- what you would that right? be? Might <laughs> just be a because di- we're all vibrating in different ways, aren't we? That's what we are apparently. Yeah. And so a ghost is just another thing that's vibrating. So I suppose. I suppose, well, I don't know, if you can control, if as a ghost, can control your vibrations, mm. then possibly you could yeah. have sex yeah. with a human. I love it. It's like an egg white. <laughs> sort of like if you leave it boiling for long enough, it'll take I, physical I just form. don't feel you're going to get much clamping. That's what, that's what, that's what I feel. It's, it's <laughs> Maybe it's, be just like a, it's a vibe, isn't it? It's going to be like a windsock, isn't it? You're going to be in a windsock. <laughs> This is uh, maybe you, as goes, the you have to go. You have to go in. The whole of you has to go in and maybe run around a bit. I don't yeah, know, like, yeah. Sex with the ghost is probably more of a dreamlike experience. You yeah. go into yeah. the, you fly into the orifice, and then you're inside, and it's mm. all very mysterious. Mm. Tell him that. Really I will. I'll tell him that. I'll go and say we've sorted it. <laughs> Were you in a deep sleep when he came in? I, you it just was, kind of... and he did wake me up. Yeah, so I was. Yeah, it was one. Of, that's that's the you know he he gets up in the night a lot now. Yeah, and that's and I, that's the worst thing about it because I'm a, in a deep sleep. He wakes me up and then I can't get. Sleep no, again. no. Because you're lying again. Go, what do they <laughs> <laughs> the idea of him wandering in and there's sort of a, a glowing ethereal figure behind him. <laughs> but he is a, pertinent. He is obsessed with ghosts, and we we live in an old house, and there's a his room has a door. The door the doors used to be around the outside, mm. so there's a blocked in door from where the rooms used to be connected 200 years ago. Um. And he he said he's seen people coming through that door, but he's got a he's got a you know and he's got an imagination on him. I remember as a kid, oh, this happened. So it's always as a kid, isn't it? Kids tend to be more, maybe it goes back to that innocence thing yeah. that you said, Rich. That I remember seeing that there was a bloke who used to stand in the corner of my bedroom when I was a child. And then there's a group on Facebook. I lived on the Ramsden estate, which is I'm part of. And then this woman said, oh, we're all saying where we lived. And this woman said, I lived at 46. I said, I lived at 46. 
And then she said, oh, we, when we moved in, there was Jungle Book wallpaper. And I went, that was my room. And she went, oh, yeah, yeah. She said, but that we had to move out because of the bloke used to stand in the room. She said that. I hadn't right. even mentioned it. And I went, the bloke with the beard. And she went, yeah. And so there was this fellow used to stand. And she'd seen it. Crazy. Did he have a bum hole? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you think to ask? Oh, I should have asked. I'll go back on the group. I'll ask. I suspect uh, the answer to your question, Richard, is that if if a person who has their head chopped off is haunted in the afterlife or holding their head, only people whose anuses were involved in their demise <laughs> wow. will have bum holes. Okay. That's, you're happy with that? Yeah, I am. So King, King Edward II, was it, who had a red hot poker up his bum? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, be, yeah. Forever. Yeah. Lighting the way. <laughs> a huge thank you to Richard Herring and Rich Wilson for joining me on today's Transplaining Podcast. Do we feel, um, Wilson, that you and I have offered Herring an explanation? Just look at that power move, just calling you by your second name after half an hour of <laughs> Wilson. Yeah. Um, I quite like it, actually. We've, I think we've I'm, done a good job yeah, between us. I think so. I was, yes, I'm always, I'm always on these things. You always worry about talking over everybody and getting away, but... Rich, I could talk to Rich all day, though. Yeah. What do you reckon, Rich? I think we've I think offered... I'm, yeah, I'm the... now I'm talking over you now. We've mentioned... Um, <laughs> God, that was so I, rude uh, and embarrassing. No, I, Everybody's well, looking at I, you right uh, now, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you've done a great job, guys. I'm very happy. I think so. I think so. I'll, I'll go I've, back to my son. I can see in Wilson's eyes that he's got more questions asked than answered, <laughs> and he's going to go away thinking about that a lot. But this is the thing. when I Because I'm, I'm not very academic, so anything I've learn has been after school as an, as an adult so I'm sort of like a late bloomer when it comes to education so when I'm with you guys and I know that you're quite well read I'm just sitting there like but what about this what about that I go back to feeling like a kid again I'm only pretending to be clever I'm on your side mate <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to ask Richard like this thing I'm one of those people where I just I'm, I, I've got a large vocabulary and I'll get really lucky with the words I pull out of my ass well, it's impressive because I believed you what I was going to say is Richard I've asked, I asked this to our lovely Mr Paul Sinner and I should ask you and I'd like to, this to be a recurring theme of the podcast when you're a clever person such as you are and you're regarded as a clever person does it make you feel lonely sometimes because <laughs> um, this is a serious question do you sometimes feel a bit put on a pedestal or do you feel a bit lonely for being thought of as a smart person oh i don't know i mean i think like i i i think i've shield you know because i'm so silly as well i don't really feel like people see me as a massive intellectual i remember at school feeling because i was good at you know i came top and stuff and i was annoyed that you weren't allowed to show off about it but like sporty kids were allowed to show off about uh, being yeah. sport and you if you were clever you it was almost sort of a bad thing in in terms of the other kids whereas if you were sporty you were kind of a hero uh, so I, as a result, I think I, I, I sort of tried to hide my cleverness by being stupid, <laughs> yeah. which I think is partly why I've become a comedian. But yeah, no, it I doesn't. Um, yeah, I, I, I also think by pretending to be stupid for so long that I actually have become a lot more stupid than I was. So I don't view myself as an intellectual and I'm not lonely for that reason. <laughs> <You're lonely. laughs> because we're looking at you like oh, I'm glad that you feel like we're all in this together That's important. but I also think comedians you know I don't care about exam results and where you went to school and where you went to university nearly every comedian you meet is a very clever person because you have to be to do Yes, the job you've got yeah. to be sharp, and you you know it's not about self aware. You need self awareness. I think. Yeah, yeah, you need Definitely. some, you need some hu hum humanity. You need empathy. A bit of humanity uh, in there, yeah. and you need to know a lot about. You know, you, yeah, you're true. MC. You need to know a lot about everything. So that that's why someone like Paul Sinner is a brilliant uh, quizzer as well, because you've got to know. I mean, he, he works very hard at that as well. <laughs> but you've got to know. You've got to know something about everything. 
because if you're doing your job, especially yeah. if some if a job comes up or a, you've got to be able to get the conversation going, absolutely, or at yeah, least right, yeah. or at least find a way to if it's something you don't know about, you've got to ask the question that will that will yeah that get will the, get, they'll get the information out in an interesting way. Yeah. And in a way, that's the premise of the podcast yeah. itself. What there a wonderful place! Lovely. Thank you so much, Richard, for joining us. My Check pleasure. Out, uh, Richard Herring at Lesser Square Theatre Podcast with Richard Herring. Wherever you get your podcast, you can also get tickets to the show at richardherring.com and find out plenty more about his various and far-reaching products, projects, projects, and all <laughs> those things, and all those things, and that, and all the things he produces. Uh, uh, Rich Wilson, I've got here on my thing, which is a bit of paper what I've got, that you're going around on a tour, but you described it earlier as just going on walkabout. Just running around. You, are you touring? Please. No, it's not, it's, not, it's not been called a tour. It's just what I do. It's just every weekend I'm elsewhere. All right. So well, Richard three, four Wilson. four nights a week I am gigging. Richwilsoncomedian.com for details on where Rich is hanging out of his yes, night times. I do have a special, uh, special. I've got a show coming out on Next Up very soon. So. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, Mr. Richard Herring, is there anything else that you would like to plug or something? Uh, I've got a new book out about me losing a testicle called <laughs> can, can, can I Have My Ball Back? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, that's inspired. <laughs> uh, oh. And so I'd love people to buy that. Uh, I think it's it's a funny look at having cancer but also quite informative, I think, about testicles, which are much more interesting than you, than you might have realised. <laughs> have you got your head around it now, yeah. just uh, after everything that's I, gone on? I found this year, it was last year it happened, mm. and I kind of used humour and, you know, and I was quite positive and got through it through positivity and humour. And I found this year tougher, I have to say. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because, you know, the reality, I've been in, not in denial, but I've been, it doesn't feel like I had cancer because it was such an easy one to treat. And, right got rid of it easy and, and compared to other cancers it feels like sort of nothing mm. but then i'm sort of coming to terms with the fact that i have had cancer and i think it makes you you know aware of your mortality which i don't think is a bad thing either no but you wow. know it makes it i've been it's been a very positive experience but i've found this year i've been more anxious about it than i was when it oh, happened wow. <laughs> it was like grief almost like yeah but it was mm. yeah i mean it's not post-traumatic stress because it wasn't that it wasn't that stressful but it but it's um yeah and i think it's just real like you know just always thinking oh you know that could come back or would that come back somewhere else mm. or you know i'm not immortal no, uh, which no. i think you know i think you i think you start to realize as you get a bit older you properly grasp what that means yeah, <laughs> but it's a very positive and funny book <laughs> Because this has all happened since I wrote it. Richard Herring, can I have my ball back? It's wonderful. Buy Thank that you. wherever you buy your books and such, presumably book, bookshops. Yeah, audio books, book, e-book, everything. Yeah. Of course there is. Well, thank you so much both for joining me, Richard Herring and Rich Wilson. Don't forget, if you have something you'd like to ask, email askjordan at off-script.co.uk or just don't. Just leave it if you don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, be sure to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your mates about it too. This being our third outings the third episode we've done previous episodes including uh, sophie duca nish kumar jody mitchell and paul sinner check those out if you haven't already transplaining is an off script production produced by ben backhouse and executive producer louise berry i'm jordan gray richard herring rich wilson thank you so much for joining thank me you. thank you uh oh, that's the end of it <laughs> <laughs> slick <laughs>